0: Hello, Jamie. Hello, Mark. And hello, everyone. This is 9 to When, the podcast for business owners that just don't stop, brought to you by Iwaka, And we have Mark here, not Matt. Mark, tell us something that we wouldn't know about you, probably that happened in your childhood.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, Throwing throwing that one in there. Thank you. Uh, Very big shoes to fill. I hope I do Matt proud today. Um, So, well, what could it be? Um, I could do all the boring stuff, but I guess when I was younger, when I was a child, I Probably discovered that I could play uh music or play a tune with my ear do you want to hear it absolutely okay, oh my gosh let's see if this can work a bit of pressure here <laughs> <laughs> did you get that did you get that
0: I didn't know what the tune was but no, like, no. wow that's amazing I'm working
1: on the tune i've lost I've lost the, tune, the ability to create a tune but I could just make a noise now so you could hear that so that was that was through the medium of my Wow a flying
0: start, welcome to the podcast. Of course we are looking at business news, inventions and innovations, we're going over a bit of Marketing Explained this week and also concluding with Brilliant or Bonkers. So in the interest of getting on with it, let's get on with it and I have the first news story. Okay. The title is Norwich business owner turns 80 and says she has no plans to uh, slow down. Which I actually really, I really Mm. like this story. I thought it was really heartwarming. Pauline Little has just celebrated her 80th birthday. And she's still got her shop, LJ Little Dancewear, going. It's still live and it's celebrating its 50th anniversary. Wow. It's pretty impressive, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it, it seems as if they've had to evolve it over time. But these days we're all... We're all living longer, right? And uh, so why not carry on working if it's something you enjoy?
0: I know she. So she started this. this she started the shop in I think it's nineteen sixty nine. I believe yes, um, on Chester Road in Castle. Have you ever been to Castle?
1: No, but I've been to Norwich. My brother went to University of Norwich. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, apparently, it started with her late husband when Beatlemania was at its peak, and they were nice. originally doing uh, traditional menswear, and then they transferred transformed into school uniforms, and then from there into dancewear. Nice,
1: oh, agile business there.
0: <laughs> well, three changes in 50 years. I don't... <laughs> it's not
1: that agile, okay, maybe not. But,
0: but still, it's pretty impressive to be able to keep on changing your business like that. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's more impressive the fact that, as you say, people are getting older, and they're continuing their passions. Well, actually, is it business your business must be your passion if you've run it for 50 years, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd
1: say it's definitely something they're passionate about. Also, in, in certain areas of, of the country, if you've got a business uh, where there are not perhaps not the sort of kind of opportunities you would have in some of the bigger cities, if you've got a bu- business which is doing well and you have a good idea, then why not stick to it and run with it? I mean, I may be totally make this, making this up, but do you, I think I read somewhere that the uh, the first two hundred year old has already been born, or you know, we're all living a lot longer. Basically, so yeah,
0: the first two hundred year old. <laughs> yeah,
1: already... it's either that or one hundred and fifty year old. But there, there is something out there. Google it, guys. You'll find it. And uh, you know, there's a good. Hopefully, Pauline lives to lives to <laughs> lives many more years and can maybe evolve this into another couple of businesses. Who knows?
0: Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that that conjures up quite an unpleasant image of a birth. <laughs> I have to say, of a one hundred and fifty year old being born. But um, yeah, no, I abs- <laughs> I I think it's an interesting. I, the reason I picked this story is because I thought it would allow us the opportunity to talk about, well, how long do you keep going, really? How long, how, what's the oldest mm. business owner in the UK? I would really love to know that. And actual business owner, not just name on a, um, name on a piece of paper in company's house. Mm. And what are the signs that someone might have that they're like, oh, okay, right, it's probably to call it a day. It must be, like, you must get tired at 80 or 85 or however long you're going to run your business to be like, all right, back to the shop.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she clearly enjoys it. Um, I think businesses, small businesses, especially in, in smaller towns and cities, are all about community. And um, I'm sure she's built a great business community there and I'm sure she's talked to her neighbours and, she and, and she's obviously done very well uh, within that. But, I mean... It's it's tough. Of course, it's tough. We were having even this week in, in the office here. We had our, our pensions expert in, and they were saying how we can take our pensions from fifty-five years old. I mean, fifty-five. I mean, it's insane. Like that that's suggesting that people are happy to stop at fifty-five, and that's an isn't. Im- Would you stop at fifty-five? No, I mean, I, I I don't think I could ever stop. I'd, ever, I'd always want to be doing something. Um, I don't know what it what it is. Whether it's starting your own thing or having a small business or or consulting or whatever it may be. But um, to to think that someone could stop at fifty five, which is now the new the pen- pensions age where you can at least um, access your pot, is is crazy to think that yeah. some people do that.
0: My dad stopped at fifty five, um, or or just passed it, and um, now just uh, he's in the mountain rescue, walks in the hills all the time, absolutely mm. loves it. But he hated work. He was a yep. school teacher. Like he just ne- he did it for the holidays. Yeah and i just i'm like i just do not relate to that i love work and my my plan is basically not to have a pension but just yeah. to make enough money that i'm just casually one, casually yeah. rich living the dream that's yeah. that's the goal and i think i guess more business owners do that as well like they they you put 50 years into something then it's your legacy you're mm. going to keep it going as long as possible and then i guess it must be a really difficult decision to Especially if you don't have any heirs or people who want to take over the business, I think it's not as common these days for a long, long succession of family members.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure Pauline has maybe grown her staff, or she has she has seasonal staff that support her. Um, if, but she, it's from this, from this story, from the sounds of it, she's. She's in great form, and she's, and she's very healthy, so there's no reason why she can't carry on, but I think she'd need support, um, and then who knows, if someone, a member of the family wants to pick it up, then, then great, but it's, it's her legacy, and, and I think when you feel that emotional connection, that legacy with something, that's, that's far greater, far greater feeling than just a job, right? it's not just a normal job to her.
0: Absolutely, well, fair play to Pauline.
1: Right on, Pauline.
0: LJ Little Dancewear, check it out. Okay, so we've steamed through the news. Now, Mark, is your test. You've been tasked with coming to us with an invention to wow the small business owners who are our listeners, our audience in general. And um, what have you picked? I
1: found something called the Snowflex. Snowflex? Mm, What do you think this is?
0: Flexible snow.
1: Come on. You can um, do better than that, uh, Jamie. <laughs> Come on. Snow a ski flex. Po-
0: a, a ski pole that flexes when you plant it.
1: A uh, ski pole. Uh, uh, get a bit closer. Getting a bit closer. But um, before our listeners get, get totally bored and switch off, I'm going to actually tell you what it is. Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> Otherwise, we could go on all day. We could go on all day. Um, so it, it's an invention, it's this American invention, uh, an issue which is, which is quite paramount in some areas of, of the States, um, and in particular in Michigan, where during heavy snowfall in the winter time, destroyed and mangled mailboxes
0: oh. are
1: taken out by snowplows or other cars on the road. And so this
0: is like when you have that snow that's seven foot thick, and they have those massive trucks that go along the side of the road and try and clear it. Right. This exactly. is the sort of. This is the home alone. Macaulay can kind of vibe of snow in places yeah, or Fargo or something. That's it.
1: And of course, you know, in, this, in this certain areas of the States, there are these extreme weather conditions. But even over here in the UK, we're starting to see every year extreme bouts of snow, of snowfall. Um, so perhaps this is something which could become quite useful here in the, in the UK at some stage. But
0: okay, wait, so run, run me through this Snowflex. Like, yeah. it, it, it's a mailbox, is that right?
1: It's a mailbox. So the way it works, that snow buildup gets so crazy that well this is the problem right so that plows seem to just destroy hundreds of them each year un- unintentionally of course um <laughs> it'd be pretty bad be <laughs> be these, quite, these big truck uh, drivers are like yep I another yeah. one well i'd probably do that I mean, this is quite this is quite fun well hopefully they should have had a snowflake, i'll be saying let's just knock a few out um, one invention i came across on facebook the other day maybe the season to that so this is this spring-loaded mailbox that we're talking about so Actually, in terms of how it works, the middle of the post is, is on a heavy-duty spring, which just essentially absorbs the impact. Uh, the snowplow hits it, and it pops uh, straight back up. So um, the, the, the guy who created it is a guy called Matthew Shamas. I hope I'm saying that's okay. Uh, when describing his product, Shamas says, the goal was very straightforward, to help with the frustrations of mailboxes being wrecked by city plows. While many of us in New England choose to live here, there are many who do not like the snow. And having to spend money and time outside to repair your mailbox only makes it worse. So I guess the question is, would you would you use this? Would would you do you think this is actually quite a useful <laughs> invention?
0: I'm not sure I would live in New England if I didn't like the snow. I would probably move to Florida or somewhere.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, ex- but exactly. But would I
0: use this? Would I? I mean, on the one hand, <laughs> It seems like a good idea, but on the other, you imagine the summer months and you've just got this Flexy, like <laughs> bendy, kind of wobbly uh, uh, mailbox, yeah. and everybody's just like pushing it. But you're like, yeah, yeah, what? It'd be quite fun. <laughs> we
1: well, see that. Like, see, boxers do training with that. They get like a tennis ball on a string, and then they'll just keep punching it to get their to get their rhythm and to get their hand eye coordination. the same kind of thing. You get you get boxers just go up to these mailboxes and start punching it, and it keeps popping back up, and then they start punching it again. It
0: oh, sounds painful. <laughs> <in their> hands, <laughs> I tell you. It's, I, it's, you, it's, you know I technique. think mailboxes should come to the UK. They're, they're the, the old. Ameri- the you know the American mm. postal system. I love them. What do you think?
1: I think I think they look great and they're cool, but it's it's I think I read something about this a while ago. It's 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 the way, especially in London, it's the way it's the way we'll, we're built in this sort of flat structure, you know, and everything. We've got one house with like six different flats in it, for example, and it's it's obviously hard to have a, a separate mailbox for each house, and it would actually take up a lot of space. I think space is a big issue on London streets. um but there was something I saw a, a dragon's den, and again I haven't prepared this. Sorry, guys. I saw a dragon's den invention about mailboxes once. So it was an interesting. Maybe we could pull it up. I'll try and pull it up in during this during this podcast. But there was um, there was definitely something in dragon's den about reinventing the way we post mail and the way people receive mail and how it saves space in London. So I'm gonna I'm gonna find yeah, okay, it for you guys. Okay. and Maybe I'll come back to you in a bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think if anybody could reinvent that, that'd be great. Because if you do live in a flat and even just a, a house that's been separated into three parts, you just all the mail goes through in one place at all. Mm. And then what I get really annoyed by is the tenants who aren't there or they've subletted it or whatever, and so no one wants to pick up their mail and then it just stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: If only there was like an electronic way of sending mail, you know?
1: Well, emails? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think there's. Uh, what do you reckon? Do you reckon small businesses get a lot of a lot of posts that they don't want? That they that they don't. I mean, do you think do you think they get really pissed off by a lot of posts? Think they get the same problem?
0: Uh, I think small business owners do get pissed off by post. Um, we do send letters informing people about our offers, and we do get the occasional person who uh, is not too happy right. about that. Mark, so yeah. I think so. I think it's something about it's your home, so you 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 want to make sure that you you're targeting right and we do spend a lot of time making sure we target the right person, yeah yeah exactly but everybody's has their own well
1: just 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 on that point we um we did a, a media training session with a small business owner former seasoned journalist um guy called scott chisholm actually he's great you should look him up he was uh he was the first news anchor on sky news uh season war journalist uh, and he um he actually uh, now starts his own small business as a um, as a media trainer, so coaches people to do TV, radio, all that kind of stuff. And he was saying, uh, we went in." He was saying, "Oh, actually, we received one of your letters. I received one of your letters from my I- walker, oh, and no. this, this wasn't planned. We hadn't like got his details or something." So, in terms of how our targeting works, I mean, it's, it seems to be pretty spot on. He said, "You know, he read it and he thought it was it was useful, and although he didn't need a." Alone right now. He said at some stage in the future, if I did need a loan, I know I've, I know I would probably come to you guys. Oh, that's so, good. to, you know. to see. Total so, coincidence.
0: Yep. Did he have a flexi uh, mailbox?
1: No, he didn't. He was in this beautiful. He has beautiful home office and. Paddington in, Mew, in, the, in, in in it's muse in Paddington without giving away his actual dress <laughs> But uh, yes, please do. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's it's lovely actually. But no, it's just a traditional muse.
0: All right. Okay. Well, I I enjoyed that, Mark. Thank you for bringing the snowflakes. Yeah, you enjoyed that. Yeah, to the cards. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, I did. I mean, look, it's not a robot golf ball, and it's not a salmon cannon, which are some of the things that we have covered before. Oh, so
1: you gave me the most most boring one. <laughs> Snow, we don't even have snow in the UK. <laughs> it never snows in the UK. Yeah, and you asked me to pitch a snowflake.
0: <laughs> yes, all right. I'm sorry. I've, I've set you up for failure. It's all right. I, I
1: enjoyed reading about it and researching.
0: We'll, we'll, move, we'll, move, on. we'll <laughs> move on. Marketing explains. So. Listeners of the podcast will be aware that uh, for the first 10 episodes, we, we talked about all sorts of business finance, and actually we have started now to do specific episodes just on finance, going into topics such as working capital, cash flow forecasting, asset finance, all these different topics, which we're now re- um, giving you the comprehensive guide, for, uh, guide of in audio format. So, but for this podcast and for, for the next 10 episodes, we're running out Marketing Explained, where Mark or Matt will quiz me about different elements of marketing. And at the moment, the theme we're pursuing is how can a small business market themselves better? Yeah. You say that's right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I said right. I mean, you, do you have, what do you know about marketing, Jeremy? Are you a marketer? Uh,
0: am I a marketer? Yeah. Aren't we all? Uh, yes, everybody's mar- If you're not selling, you're dying. It's all selling, right? always be closing, ABC. Always closing, always closing. Okay,
1: so what have you found?
0: Okay, so I wanted to continue uh, the topic that we were having, we were talking about last week and last week I was talking about being the first in your category. So you'd be the first person to do something, do X and that's the way that you become more known. So the first person to cross the Atlantic, in a plain solo was Charles Lindenberg, and then the first uh, woman to do it was Amelia Earhart and nobody remembers number number two who came between those two uh, which was this guy called Bert Hinkler and it's always about being the first. Now I would like to amend this law slightly and talk about how you can be the first in people's mind and that you don't necessarily always have to be the first person who's done something like the first mm. uh the first company in your area to offer um uh neon gilets for chihuahuas mm. oh i've got one
1: of those <laughs> no it's done it's been done
0: think I of something else <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh shaving cream for cats
1: uh okay yeah no okay you've got that yeah yeah fine. <laughs> could you imagine trying to shave <laughs> i was a cat? gonna say i've shaved a cat but i said no i've been not saying that <laughs> Well, I just did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Poor animal. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. I've never shaved a cat. <laughs> yeah, good. We don't want to call the uh, no. RSPCA. RSPCA. No, Please. no. The fir- the law is being the first to a person's mind. Yes. So even if there is somebody or a business in your area that is already offering a product or service that you really want to sell, you can still capitalise on the opportunity, but getting yourself into the front of people's Mm, minds. Front of mind, yeah. So, what ways do you think, Mark, you you can get into someone's front of mind? Just to see if you're a small business in Wrexham. Think about it. What what, what ways do you know of that people usually try and market to other people?
1: Well, it's not necessarily the ways that I was thinking. I was thinking it's about, look, really to 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 cut above that noise in a, in a very crowded uh, marketplace, high street, whatever it may be, you really need to do your research and your homework and find out exactly what others are doing, other businesses are doing, right? Like, don't be so siloed and, and naive to think that what the idea that you've come up with is gonna be the best, I don't need to know what anyone else has done, um, this is the best idea. So the, I think the key is one, do your research, do your homework, use that to then Come up with something which is different, which has never been done before. It could be a twist on what other people's, people uh, are doing, other businesses are doing, but doing it differently, doing it in a unique way and doing it uh, in a way that's never been done before. I think that's that's key because you want that, um, you know, that, oh, wow factor, you know, that, that kind of, oh, how does this relate to me? Because consumers want to know how it relates to them. So target at, at your consumer and do something totally different that hasn't been done before it's not easy which is why not everyone does it <laughs> but if it was easy then yeah of course everyone would be super successful
0: yes um, absolutely I think that if someone has a service or product and they are selling it at the local let's say uh, food market right it's a specific food market and they're offering X product, mm, right? Yep. Then trying to compete with them with the same product in an area that they come to first is mm. actually very difficult. Yeah. But as you're saying, to be the unique and bring it in mm. different ways is if you can be front of mind, it doesn't matter if they've done it in somewhere in the food market, if you start selling it dig- digitally and start targeting people. Did you what? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> thanks sorry thanks for digitally yes yes
1: no no that's fine. Yeah. yes I
0: think you mispronounced Michigan earlier I, oh did so I, what, I le, what did I, I, I say you said Michigan oh Michigan okay fine Michigan so yes you're you right, you <laughs> right. That's, that's true if you want to get in a attack <laughs> on this um, I don't, I it's just going to make so there'll be a lot more
1: for me so a lot yeah. more problems on my side don't worry <laughs> sorry I rudely
0: interrupted yeah. no that's okay it's, it's about bringing your product to areas that people are not yes not your competition are not in and that's your biggest way of gaining, uh, gaining ground. And in this day and age, for small businesses, especially businesses that are based in specific areas, the best way to do it is to capitalize dig-
1: digitally. Digitally, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, Google search, okay. uh, um, Google paid advertising, mm. uh, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, these all can target your specific customers at the point that, that you, as they're browsing about their daily lives, right. and start planting that seed that you're the person who's gonna provide that
1: but aren't um, could I just ask on that aren't um, I mean we, uh, yeah I guess I guess most companies will set up a Facebook group uh, LinkedIn if appropriate uh, Twitter etc Instagram is very popular now for for business visual businesses um, but don't I think aren't they worried that you have to throw a bit of money behind this now aren't the algorithms that these companies are, that Facebook are crazy actually meaning that without actually throwing some serious money behind it you're still not going to get noticed. I mean, I don't know, is that is that the case?
0: I mean, these are all pay to play pa- platforms. Yeah. Okay. So yes, you will have to put money behind it, but you can- They're not large amounts though,
1: right? They're not, not huge.
0: I mean, it, it depends what you're, you're, you're selling, <coughs> for instance. I, I know that, for instance, if you're a lawyer that specializes in asbestos, hmm. um, uh, like going to trial with former employers who installed asbestos, right? right? There are some niche phrases um, which are related to cancers that come from asbestos, that the keyword is something like £70 per click. Because what happens is you would only ever Google that if you knew someone or you had something in your life as mean that you, you're affected by mm. that So there's a high chance that you might want a lawyer for that. So law firms bid quite very, very, very aggressively and very highly priced. So the more, either the more niche the product is or or the more mainstream as in like uh, soft drinks, Mm. um, you're you're gonna have a hard time. So you have to think about other ways that you can do it. Now you can think about longer tail keywords um, if we're still, talking about Google search so usually adding your location on it right so soft drinks Wrexham to continue it mm. might might work okay I do doubt many people are googling that to be honest though um, or you just think of other means that you can do it now if the the fact is that in addition the digital environment is just too competitive for you mm. well okay well what other ways can you do to grab your attention there was um, there was a really good uh, marketing Guerrilla marketing campaigns. Stunts.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say. What about stunts?
0: Yes. Well, y- your background is PR, aren't you? So you would know all about stunts. Yeah. Some. Some would say. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: best stunt. The best stunt we did for, for um, PR PR. This is when I was working for uh, a company called Visit Britain. And it was just before the uh, Queen's Diamond Jubilee, and one of our one of the ba- biggest remits for us was actually to to boost tourism from China. All right, China hugely valuable market for Britain at the time. Still now. But not, not enough come here for various reasons to do with Schengen visa and various visa issues. But anyway, what we did, we tied up with British Airways and we we, we got we managed to get uh, a queen lookalike. So that someone actually looked like, like the queen. Actually, she was great. She was like the queen lookalike that everyone was using at the time. This was sort of in the early uh, 2000s. <laughs> she's a queen she, lookalike she, she, that yeah, everyone used. Oh, yeah. She was in uh, Oasis videos and all sorts. And I got her to come into the office one day, actually, and um, to sort of audition her, in inverted commas. And um, and as a joke, I just said, I thought, I thought I'd thought i just walk her through the office. And as I walked her through this big open plan office, I had everyone just sort of looking and just saying, this double double take every time, like, that, who's, she reminds me of someone, that lady. And anyway, so um, it went well, and we, we, we did this activation in China where we, where we did this campaign. And what we did, we just... So obviously she dressed up as, as 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 the as the queen would could dress up in a crown, and all sorts. And we had because um, it was a partnership with British Airways. We had we had sort of some some air hostesses, some, some cabin crew uh, with a red carpet, and we just basically dropped her in the middle of one of the busiest shopping malls in uh, in, in in China. I think it was Shanghai actually, and um, and just immediately once people started clocking on. They started taking pictures and it just went absolutely crazy and then we had and then we had this band playing and it was just this big party and for about an hour they actually thought it was the real queen a good a good hour they were taking pictures selfies That's amazing uh, it was front page of you know the metro i think the next day here in london um but yeah i mean this this is on obviously a grand scale but these these profile raising stunts if you like can work. You just got to do it. You can, and you can do it on a. On a, on a it's just about being smart and being oh, doing something. Oh, absolutely.
0: And there's a couple of examples um, that I thought were quite good because I thought they were a little bit more. Um, I thought they were very achievable for small businesses. There was one which was this was an app. I think it was a dating app, and it was a. Um, it was a man yes. with a big cardboard sign I around him saying, yeah, "My girlfriend has made me wear this because I cheated on mm. her." I'm never going to use mm. X, uh, whatever the app is again, which I thought was a bit bad taste in general. But it seemed to capture attention. Well,
1: yeah. So th- I think I remember reading about that, and you know, he he had no budget. This guy, right? It's quite a new startup. Yeah. Obviously, they had some funding, and they, they 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 had some momentum going, but no budget for marketing. Similar to a lot of small businesses, right? Mm. Um, and a huge competition. You have yeah, you got likes of Tinder, Bumble. Um, God, there's a few more now, but I haven't, I haven't been single for for a short while now. So, so there's probably a, quite quite a few of these apps, but I'm not really all over them. But the reality is he's hugely competitive, and what what could he do again to cut above the noise and with limited budget? And it, that that story went everywhere.
0: Absolutely. Everywhere. The um the, the last one on this this train of thought, which was um, we're talking about being front of mind, is Land Rover got people uh, got themselves front of mind for people who want wanted the new um, one of the new models of car the new Range Rover or something and they parked it in the most expensive part of Mayfair and then they got a woman yes. to write um, like absurd you know like uh, you, profanities yeah, down the side I think-
1: something like you cheated on me or something didn't yeah, it yeah something, something like that like in you, lipstick or yeah. something yeah yeah no it was like paint in paint like, sorry it, no it was in um, yeah it was with uh, yeah it was on. It was with paint or with a spray can or something yeah yeah, was, yeah. yeah I, I, I saw that, that yeah. yeah, white lamb Rover outside of Harrods I think.
0: yeah something like that and yeah. it just obviously pictures everything went up yeah. and like okay that one needs a car but it's still a very simple concept and there's no reason why a business can't do this like it can't think about yeah, stunts exactly
1: I mean you know if you've got a a Land Rover and, and you're a Range Rover or you're happy to spray paint it and put it in front of something then, then maybe, maybe you could do that or we'll just do something different do your own spin on it I mean it will work and get, you know, give, give the local papers a call give the local radio stations a call you, know, you can find their numbers pretty easily and um, the worst that they can say in terms of getting some media attention is nah, no I don't think that's going to work or even get advice from them call them up and say you know, do you think this is a good idea would you come and cover this
0: has your business done a stunt have you how have you captured and got top of mind would really love to know let us know at podcastiwalker.co.uk and if it's a really good one we will definitely be covering it in the next uh, the next episode of the podcast but now on to Brilliant or Bonkers, where we look at inspirational business quotes from all around the world, well actually quotes in general from all around the world, and decide whether they are brilliant or bonkers for small businesses. And Mark, I'm going to throw you in. I've got a quote here, and I, I want your <laughs> candid opinion on it, uh, and to what it means to you, and whether you think it's brilliant or bonkers. I'm going I'm to say it um, in its original language. Go for it. I know naka no kawazu taika wo zirazu.
1: That's pretty good. I, uh,
0: oh, I don't know. My my Japanese is is not brilliant. But it means a frog in a well never knows the vast ocean.
1: Hmm. What could that mean?
0: I, it's is it? The thing is, there's a few things going around in my mind. But I think it's it, it means. Uh, so a frog in the well never knows the vast ocean is, I think, a little bit synonymous with being a big big fish in a small pond. Mm. Um, they've got some sh- some notes here. It's actually from a short tale about a frog that's born in a well, and the frog was very proud that he was the biggest and best creature in the well, but then, inevitably one day, he decides to leave his well and go to the big vast ocean mm. and then realises he's just a little frog in amongst all the big whale sharks. and. What not there's not many frogs in the ocean full stop so I don't think it would have ended pretty well for him
1: <laughs> no no and I think it was a bit of a wake-up call right and I think and I haven't seen this but I, I, can, I, can, I can get this I can relate to this on different levels like I mean perfect example was when I was growing up and um, you know I came from I went to school in in South London and it was sort of suburb stroke South London and you know I did a lot of athletics county athletics that kind of stuff and no one ever beat me up until about the age of 12 in 100 metres and 200 metres, right? I was, like, the fastest person that I'd met, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and was it's true, I mean, it's like, I just didn't, I'd never met anyone who actually beat me in a race, right? Which is, okay, short period of time, up to about 12, but that's fine. And then I went to big school, if you like, and then from about 11, 12 onwards, uh, in central London, had a race, I was like, you know, oh, yeah, big balls here, you know, no one's gonna, no one's gonna be, uh, you know, the first race of the year. It's like, right, everyone, go run around that tree, come back right, I've got this, I've got this, guys, don't worry. And, and I, was, I didn't, didn't, didn't say much, but I was like, no one's got me. And I came fourth. <laughs> and I was like, what the is going on here? You know, and, I, and I think this is, and I think, again, I hadn't seen this before, but I think this is a, I mean, it's true. It works on many, many different levels. Um, and it's this realization that, okay, you, you, you can do well in a certain segment up to a certain point, but there's a whole bigger world out there of opportunities, of businesses, of competitors, whatever it may be, and you know you need to raise your game if you're going to play with the uh the big guys really
0: so the reason I brought this this one up is because I wondered, do you have to leave the well? mm yeah, interesting yeah i mm. why do you need to leave the well to go to the ocean like, why do you need to compete with people in Japan or America or even London? Why couldn't you have stayed in the suburbs? And being the fastest person. That's it, the fastest person I knew in
1: somewhere. in, in uh, sort of in Rains Park. Um,
0: <laughs> we can put that on your business card. Fastest
1: person in Rains Park, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've got it on my business card. Uh, yeah. It's on my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, it's a great point. I think it's all about it's all about what you're what you're happy with and what you strive to achieve. Right at the end of the day. Um, for success, for some, for one person, is to say, is, is totally different to what success is for, for another person. And I think that's the beauty of human nature. We're all different. We all want to achieve certain things. We all, we'll have our own objectives and targets. And you know, it's not all about being really successful in business for some people. And for others, it's, it is about is that's that's all it, that's all it is. So um, yeah, there is that idea that well, if you're happy staying in Rains Park and being the fastest person there and and just basically having to look behind you to see everyone else the whole time and having that on your LinkedIn profile, then stay in Range Park.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so eloquently put, I love it. Well down to the conclusion. Brilliant? Yeah, we to, or how how do we conclude that? <laughs> well it's because I because I've done the quote, you have to, you have to let me know whether it is brilliant or bonkers for small businesses. As a whole is a frog in a well never knows the vast ocean brilliant for them Mm. should they strive to be go to the ocean and know more or should they stay in the well what do you think brilliant or bonkers
1: i think they should strive to achieve a good quality of life and 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 be happy happy and and you know have a achieve a quality of life which which means that for them and their family and their friends, they they can achieve what they want to achieve, and I think that's that's the most most important thing. Um, get to that point, and then if you want to take it further, then then go then move to the ocean and and do that. But you know, I guess go with your gut. I, I think I think it is very. I don't think it's a one size fits all with this. All
0: right, that that makes me think that you're erring towards brilliant because you can take from it what you want based on. No, I
1: like it. Are. I okay. I do like it.
0: All right, so. A brilliant from Mark. Brilliant, yeah. The fastest man in Rains Park. Mm. Hello. A brilliant from me as well. So that is I know naka no kawazu taika wo zirazu, or a frog in the well never knows the vast ocean. And already, wow, we shot through it. That was the wow. entire podcast. How was the how was this experience for you? It was
1: great. It was fun. Thanks for having me on, us. It's, yeah. It's been Are we going to
0: uh, see you in future episodes?
1: If you'd like me on, then I'm here for you. If you need me, if you need the fastest person in Rains Park on again, then I'll run over. I know, who to call. Exactly.
0: Thanks very much, Mark. And thank you very much for listening, everyone. We will be back next week with more news, innovations, inventions, brilliant or bonkers, and of course, marketing explained. But until then, have a good week, have a good weekend, and we will see you soon. See you soon.